So we are celebrating this Mass today with a little extra solemnity because this is a feast for the Marian Fathers as I explain the significance of Blessed George to our community. What I would like to do during this homily is to speak about the historical significance of Blessed George, not only for the Marian Fathers, but also for the divine mercy message and devotion and for you. Let me begin by speaking a little bit about Blessed George and who he was as a young man, as a priest, and a bishop. Blessed George was born in 1871 in Lithuania. He was the youngest of eight children. And like many saints, he, he, was, he lost both parents when he was growing up. Now, many, when I say many saints, I'm not meaning that many, that many saints lost both, both parents, but many saints, actually, if you look at their history, lost either both or one of their parents growing up. And you can think of like St. Therese of Lisieux being one of them. Um, so anyway, Blessed George, by the time he was 10 years old, had lost both parents. So he, in essence, kind of grew up as an orphan. He was raised by his siblings. And he was a very smart young man, a very bookish young man, loved to learn, but he was also handicapped or held back by health problems. Because of the situation, you know, growing up in Lithuania, it wasn't the best weather, um, and he had to walk, I think, like six miles a day to get to school, and that eventually wore down his health. So he, he developed problems with his, his legs, like uh, some, time of some type of rheumatoid disease, which would eventually become tuberculosis of the bone. So anyway, by the time he was 15, he was um, on crutches. He could only get around being on crutches. And so he actually had to drop out of school. And so he ended up working on a farm for a time. But while working on a farm, he was still studying. And he had this great desire to become a priest. And so he would be eventually enter the seminary at the age of 20 years old. And while he was in the seminary, he really began to flourish and excel, and he graduated basically with honors, you could say, in all the studies that he did. He was ordained a priest, he started working in parishes, and even though he was still hobbled by his health condition, he still strove to pour out his life in service of Christ in the church. And one of the things that he did um, was that he became very aware of the needs of the people of his time. And he got involved, and he was one of the first, really, if you will, priests to get involved in what we call social action, which means that he saw the plight of the, 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 the bad plight of workers. And he took to heart Pope Leo XIII's um, encyclical, um, on the rights of workers. And he strove to help to improve the working conditions of laborers. He strove to look out for and protect the idea of private property among people. And so he got involved in things that priests hadn't really gotten involved with, you know, during those times. So he was kind of like cutting edge in many ways, but because he saw that in order to evangelize people, you have to kind of meet them where they're at. 
You have to meet them not only in their spiritual struggles of faith, but in their struggles in daily life. And so he formed something called the Catholic Action League. And that, and that group of Catholic Action was, would, was trying to do just that, to, have, to, to act in the world according to Catholic principles. And so he did that. And, but he saw that things were, um, you know, he couldn't make as much impact by just by himself. Even though he established a group, he really felt like he needed like an army or a community, an organization, if you will, that can work together to help to promote the gospel. And so this is where the Marian Fathers come in. You see, Blessed George was aware of the Marian Fathers. Why? Because he was formed by the Marian Fathers when he was growing up. The parish he went to was run by the Marian Fathers. He was formed in his faith by the Marian Fathers, and he was actually baptized as an infant by the superior general of the Marian Fathers at that time. And so this, we were fast forwarding now to about 1907, um, and Blessed George is seeing the demise of the Marian Fathers taking place. And the reason why the Marian Fathers was their, their community, our community, was dwindling down was because in 1864, the Russian authorities, who had great influence over Lithuania and Poland at that time, um, they decided to eliminate or strive to eliminate all religious orders in their territories because they saw them as a threat to their rule. And so eventually they would send Marians off to like um, to, to the Gulag or to, to Siberia, send some away to Poland. Very, they, they would just disperse them and they would only allow one religious house to remain of all the Marian fathers and that was in Mariupol. And so there were like 40 Marians that gathered there and some of them would eventually leave and some would die off. So that in 1907, there was one Marian left and that was Vincent Sankos. And so Blessed George, um, seeing uh, the Marians dwindle to nothing on the verge of extinction, had an inspiration from God to renovate our community and renovate us with the purpose of updating us, if you will, in our constitutions to become more of an apostolic community. And that's what he did because though Father Stanislaw, Saint Stanislaus, founded the Marians to be an apostolic community, we, we weren't able to kind of flourish as an apostolic community during the initial phase of our existence. And so Blessed George, um, when he renovated us, he updated our constitutions um, to make of us more of an apostolic community so that we can be out in the world and bringing the gospel to the people in the world. It kind of going along with this idea of Catholic action, to be active in the world, as, I was, as, I'm, as I'm stating. And so he did that. And so our congregation grew, went from one person, and, to, and we grew to a peak of about 600 people, right at about, probably in the 1990s, I think we were right about 600 people. Now we're about 500 worldwide. But anyway, why is this important historically? Well, it, keep our, it kept our community alive. And why is that important? Now we get to, the, to divine mercy. 
So divine mercy comes into play because blessed George was eventually made the bishop of Vilnius. And Vilnius is a place where St. Faustina would eventually go because her community had a house in Vilnius. She would go there in 1933, and she would meet Blessed Michael Sapochko, or Father Michael Sapochko at that time, and he would become her spiritual director. Well, how did Father Sapochko get to Vilnius? Here's a little story. Father Michael Sapochko was from the Vilnius Diocese, but he was working in Poland. And so when Blessed George became Archbishop of Vilnius, eventually in about 1924, he had, he had a need for more priests in his diocese. So he called Father Michael Sapochko back to Vilnius. Now, St. Faustina joined her community in 1925, and she didn't meet Father Sapochko until 1933, but you know, Father, it was through Blessed George's calling Father Michael Sapochko back to Vilnius that kind of set the stage for St. Faustina to have him as her spiritual director. But that's not the only significant part of this. You see, when Father Michael Sapochko was in Poland, he got to know many of the Polish priests, the Marian priests in Poland. So when he was introduced to the Divine Mercy message and devotion by St. Faustina, so when it came time for him to spread this devotion, he would obviously send some of this information about the Divine Mercy to the priest in Poland, to the Marian priest in Poland included in that. And so now we get to the nitty gritty here. So when the Germans took over and started to occupy Poland in 1939, and they basically um, uh, you know, were trying to get rid of all the priests and religious in the country. And so that left Father Joseph Yerzembowski he was one who kind of, he fled Poland and he, he went to Lithuania and lived there for about a year. But then when the Soviets took over and started putting pressure, he was trying to get out of Dodge. He's like, man, I, I want to get out of here. I want to get to America. Well, while he was in Lithuania, um, he had met Sumerian priests and Sumerian priests who were students of Father Sapochko, um, told him, oh, no, it wasn't other Marian priests, it was two other priests who were students of Father Sapochko. Um, they told him about the Divine Mercy message. And, and Father Sapochko saw that they were doing a novena to the Divine Mercy. So he started praying to the Divine Mercy, praying for protection, and he was protected. And he eventually met Father Michael Sapochko, who gave him a bunch of papers on the Divine Mercy message and devotion. And so, um, long story short, Father Jerzembowski was able to obtain the necessary papers to get out of Dodge, to get out of Lithuania, and make it to the United States. And before he left, guess what he did? He did a novena to Divine Mercy, praying that if, if our Lord, our Savior, through his mercy, got him to America safely, then he would promise to spread this devotion for the rest of his life. And of course, you know that he did. In, 19, in 1941, I believe it is, he made it to um, Washington, D.C., where we had a house established there. And he told the brothers what happened. And they said, we're all in. Game on. We're going to promote this devotion. 
as part of our work. And then later, Stockbridge was, was established. Later, this chapel was built. And now, here you are, praying at the National Shrine of Divine Mercy, or watching Mass live stream here at the National Shrine of Divine Mercy. This does not exist, brothers and sisters, without this man here, without his work, without his holiness, without his desire to serve Christ and his church. This is why we are here today. And many of you, either here today or listening or participating in live stream, have been touched probably in some way by divine mercy. And that may be why you're even associated with the marriage or why you're even watching this, 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 this live stream. And again, that happened. Why? Because of this man, right? This man, blessed George. I want to end this homily with this understanding. And just two numbers. The first number is 11,000. 11,000, that's kind of a big number. But 50 billion is a greater number. I did a little Google search and I said, how many saints are there in the church since, you know, since Jesus established it? It's hard to get an exact number, but one estimate was like 11,000. So 11,000 saints, that doesn't include the blessed, but 11,000 canonized saints in the church's history thus far. Guess how many people have lived on this earth since 0 AD, or in the past 2,000 years? Again, hard number to come up with, but I got 50 billion. 50 billion people, 11,000. 11,000 is a big number, but when it comes to 50 billion, it shrinks quite a bit. Percentage-wise, it's like 2 times 10 to the negative fifth percent. That's how small that number is. And so not many people know a lot about Blessed George. He's not like um, a Hall of Fame saint. I mean, he's in the Hall of Fame, so to speak, but he's not like a superstar. You know, like in sports, Patrick Mahomes is a superstar. Tom Brady was a superstar. Pey Peyton Manning, superstar. You know, you got all these superstar athletes, but it doesn't diminish the other numerous players who made it to the NFL, right? And so, Blessed George isn't a superstar saint, right? But the fact is, he is a saint. He is a man who used the gifts God gave him and did great things for Christ and his church. He pursued holiness with all his heart, soul, mind, and strength. He poured out himself, sacrificed himself for Christ and the church. And look at the fruit that the Lord produced through his life. It's why we are here today, brothers and sisters. So let us, with esteem, remember the life of blessed Archbishop George, a great man of the church, a great Marian renovator, and a great lover of God's people. Blessed George truly lived for Christ and the church. May he help us today to take seriously our commitment to do the same. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, 
prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.